Haggai chapter 1 verses 1 to 14, Zechariah chapter 4 verses 4 to 10, and Ezra chapter 6 verses 14 through 16. Reading from the New Living Translation. On August 29th, 520 BC, the second year of King Darius' reign, the Lord gave a message through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, governor of Judah. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. The people are saying, the people are saying, the people are saying, the time has not come to rebuild the Lord's house or the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, or if you have the King James Version, the Lord of hosts says, look at what's happening to you. You have planted much, but harvest little. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets full of holes. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up and rebuild my house. Tell somebody rebuild the Lord's house. Then I will take pleasure in it. Wow. If you build my house, I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hope for rich harvest. But they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's army. While all you are built by while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. It's because of you that the heavens withhold and the earth produces no crops. I have called for a drought. I have called for a drought. Not the devil. I did it. Sometimes we're saying rebuke. I rebuke the devil and God say no you need to rebuke me because I called it. I called the drought to ruin everything that you worked so hard to get. Then Zerubbabel son of Shatil and God's people began to obey the message from the Lord their God. When they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent, the people feared the Lord. That is, they respected the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the people this message from the Lord. I am with you. Tell somebody God is with you. Amen. Some of you didn't realize your name is Emmanuel. God is with you. Says the Lord. So the Lord sparked enthusiasm. The word enthusiasm comes from two words, en, which means in, and theo, from which we get our word theology, which means the study of God. Enthusiasm means God within. So God sparked the enthusiasm in Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, and he sparked enthusiasm of God's people. And they began the work on the house of the Lord on September 21st, 520 BC. So 23 days later, they began building the house of the Lord. Zechariah chapter four, verse four. So now we're 
moving ahead about roughly five months or so. Then in February 519 BC, I asked, this is Zechariah now, I asked the angel, what are these, my Lord? What do you mean? Or what do they mean? Don't you know, the angel asked. No, my Lord, I replied. Then the angel said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force and not by might. It is not by strength, that is by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies, the Lord of hosts. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. And then Zerubbabel, and when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it. May God bless it. Then another message came to me from the Lord. This is Zechariah. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple. He will complete it. Tell somebody you're going to complete what God put in your heart to do. Amen. Amen. Zerubbabel is going to complete it. Then you will know the Lord of heaven's army has sent me, Zechariah. Do not despise these small beginnings. Do not despise the day of small beginning for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise you just exercising five minutes a day. Stop despising the day of small. Do not despise you having Going from no devotions to now five minutes devotions. Do not despise the day of small beginnings because the Lord rejoices that at least you started. Tell somebody that's a good word right there. So I needed to hear that. Well, I only exercise three minutes a day. Hey, it's a beginning. Ezra chapter 6 verse 14. So the Jewish leaders or elders continued their work and they were greatly encouraged by the preaching and the prophesying of the prophets Haggai and Zechariah. The temple was finally finished as had been commanded by the God of Israel. The temple was completed on March 12, 516 BC during the sixth year of King Darius reign. The temple of God was then dedicated with great joy by the people who have returned from exile. I want to talk to you about the power of prophecy part three. Power of prophecy part three. And and I, I want to talk to you particularly about this 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 return era. And I want to talk about three people Haggai Zechariah and Zerubbabel. Haggai, Zechariah, and Zerubbabel. And, and, and I want to talk about, I want to use this subject. Um, uh, brace yourselves, embrace others. Brace yourselves and brace others. Brace yourself, embrace others. I want you to, if you could show me the next picture because this will really help us. Um, now, um, first of all, two things. Is, is Chase here? Chase, uh, Opie, she's probably around here somewhere. Yeah, I want to make sure she comes up. 
And Zach, not Zach, Ezra, I see you, so I want you to get ready too. All right, so this is going to help me. I'll, I'll call you up when I'm ready for you. You can take a seat someplace. Just want to make sure I get you. So, as I said, this is a picture of Aleppo. And we, we don't appreciate the fact that at one time it was a beautiful, thriving uh, city. And now this is how it looks. It's probably even worse now. Are you following me so far? Just God says to Israel, I know the plans I have for you. You're going to be staying in Babylon for 70 years. And by God's grace, they got out of Babylon for good behavior, short time. After 67 years in 538 BC, a decree goes forth. Well, actually, uh, Cyrus comes in, the king of Persia, uh, destroys or, or conquers Babylon in 538 BC, and uh, Cyrus understands that God has called him decades ago to release the people of God so that they can go back and build the temple. Are you following me so far? So they leave in 538 BC. They go back to Jerusalem. Are you following me? They go back and they find this. So they spend two years, 538 to 536 BC, they, they, they spend two years building their house, which makes sense. And then they stop building the Lord's house, 536 BC, and after six years, they stop because they're discouraged. Now, how many of you can remember what happened to you when you were in the third grade? Raise your hand. Anything. You can remember anything. Okay. Okay, good, good. When I was in the third grade, my teacher, I went to Hodgkin's school, which is no longer there. Uh, and my teacher was Miss Cola. And I love Miss Cola because every time you got a hundred on your test, she would give you a dime. So Miss Cola was my teacher when I was in the third grade and I was eight years old. So now I am 58 years old, 58 years old, 50 years later. My point is this. I can remember Miss Cola like it was yesterday. I remember my school, Hodgkin School, though it was torn down and made into a baseball field. I still remember what the school looked like. Amen. Amen. Um, and, and, and my point is this. So, could you imagine leaving this at 8 and coming back to this at 58? Meaning that people can still remember what this looked like. And now you're coming back and everything is destroyed. You try to stop building God's house. But unfortunately, after six years of trying to make it Look, just trying to clear out stuff, they just said, forget it, and stopped. And so for 10 years, after God originally told them in 536 to start, 10 years go by when they're doing absolutely nothing, and then God raises up Haggai and Zechariah to prophesy to the people 
that you have to build the Lord's house and that's why stuff is happening to your house. Mm. So I want you to tell the person next to you, tell the person next to you, because I've learned this, I've, I've learned this from my parents, I've learned this from Mother Darlington, I've learned this from the Cummings, I've learned this from Mother Watson, I've learned this from Mother Selman, I, I've learned this from the, the, the Browns, I've learned this from older saints who, who, who I watched go from, say, you know, young adults to, you know, senior citizens that, so tell the person next to you, if you take care of God's house, he'll take care of your house. How many of you have been a witness of that? How many have been a witness of that? You take care of God's house, he'll take care of your house. There's an easier scripture which says, and seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things will happen up unto you. But if God, if you don't take care of God's house, he won't take care of yours. He'll leave it to you to take care of yours. Mm. Oh my goodness. And, and so I'm convinced that the only reason why the house of the Lord began to be built again is because the people received a prophetic word. Remember the word prophecy means to it comes from two uh, Greek words, pro, which means beforehand, and phanae, which means to speak. So prophecy means to speak beforehand or to speak. God needs you to speak before his hand will move. In fact, the word, the scripture, death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, that word tongue in the Hebrew is the word yad, which Y-A-D, which means hand. So death and life is in the power of the hand. When you speak, the hand of God will move. That's why you must speak. Where's that from? L listen to me. How did you get saved? You spoke. Paul says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and 10 that with the, with the mouth you confess salvation. You may believe, but you got to confess. So you have this name Haggai. Haggai means celebration of the Lord or, or uh, feast of the Lord. In other words, God is saying, you stop building my house and it'll be time to party. And then you have Zerubbabel. His name Remember, Babel means confusing. Zero means seed. So Zerubbabel means seed of confusion or I was born in Babylon. I was born in confusion. That's the bad news. But the good news is that my daddy's name is Shatil means I have asked God. So I'm confused, but I've asked God. <laughs> I don't know what to do, but I've asked God. See, the problem is not being Zerubbabel. The problem is if you don't have Shatil attached to your name. I'm confused. I don't know what to do, but I've asked God. Now, again, I said, I said the word prophecy. And, and let me let me just get straight to this. Um, the book of, of second Chronicles, first Corinthians chapter 14 verse 3 in the in the message no, in the passion translation and chase 
and uh, Zach, Ezra, I'm going to need you to come up right here. Uh, and you can sit right next to Jamie, and then I'm going to let the kids go. The word prophecy has five definitions that I want to leave with you. The word prophecy is not telling the future here. It is to build up. You can take this down to build up. It means to restore. It means to affirm. It means to comfort. And it means to encourage. This is not on your notes because I just got this this morning. It means to build up. It means to restore. It means to affirm. It means to comfort. The word comfort is Latin word means with strength. Bring strength to. And it means e is what? Encourage. Encourage. In other words, when you, when you prophesy to somebody, you give them a brace. When I used to play basketball, I used to wear a knee brace because what does a brace do? Do you know what a brace does? It supports your knee. Okay. You're a preacher. He says, it supports. Prophecy is to support you. It was the prophetic word that gave them support to say, we'll build a house. You must prophesy. And the reason why you must prophesy, speaking words that build up, words that restore, words that affirm, words that Comfort and words that is because, and this is the thing, they did a study and it says it takes seven, seven. You want to know why your house is messed up? You want to know why your lives are messed up? It takes seven positive words to neutralize a negative word. Come on, folks, test yourself. If I went to my wife, because if I did it to somebody else, they would leave here depressed. And I said, man, your hair looks beautiful. Your dress looks nice. Uh, I love that iPad. Um, you know, oh, even the, the paint, the, the paint, color paint you use on your toes is wonderful. Uh, I'm not sure about the bag, but you know, that necklace is good. She would leave here. Can I get a witness? Why are you talking about my bag for? Turn to somebody and say, he's talking about you. He's talking about you. So here's my final point, and then we're going to let the kids go. Because you're all going to preach. So get ready to preach. Uh, we, we, had a, we had an exercise that was powerful that uh, Dr. Marion led us, lead us through. And um, it was this uh, drop, a drop for your bucket. And just quickly, we either take out of the bucket or we replenish people's bucket. And what people did was uh, they wrote these positive uh, affirmations. They, they, they braced people. 
Gave them words that built them up. Gave them words that restored. Gave them words that. Come on, spell it out, Lord. People, spell it out. Affirm. Then what? Then what? Okay. And so we did this for how long? Well, how long? We do? About five minutes? Ten minutes? And and as people exchanged it, you started here. <laughs> now, p- people were touched. So finally, this is my final point, why we have to prophesy. Every time I speak, I carry these two things with me. Every time I preach. Because Chase, Opie prophesied to me, and Ezra Bonison prophesied to me. And the funny thing about Ezra is that when I read it the first time to the congregation, he said, wow, that is true. And his parents looked at him and said, you wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I want you all to pick out the one you wrote. And I want you to read what you wrote because I need some prophecy. Who wants to go first? Happy anniversary, Bishop. Thanks for giving engaging sermons for 21 years. Also, happy wedding anniversary. Dear Bishop, you're an amazing pastor. Your sermons are so entertaining. Thank you for being such a good pastor. Congratulations on 21 years. And in all honesty, you could say I actually paid you to say that. And the Sunday school. school Oh, there's no Sunday school. Oh, okay. I can keep rolling then. (laughs) Good. Good. But there's choir rehearsal. The power of prophecy. The power of prophecy. And the reason why we need prophecy is I like what Zachariah's name means. Zachariah's name means the Lord remembers. Now, I'm not talking about, you heard me say this many times, I'm not so much talking about the Lord recalls to mind. Okay? Um, could somebody get to for me... Uh, 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 Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 in the New Living Translation and I'll ask you to read it. It's not the Lord remembers don't don't just don't just leave it at the Lord remembers as any calls to mind but the word re means to put back right? Restore, put it back in the store right? Replay play it back anybody with me? Remember put the members back together. So, if you get the picture again, you see that mess, Zerubbabel. 
I am sending you Zachariah to let to let you know that I can put those broken pieces back together. And it's not going to be my might. It's not going to be by power. But it's going to be by my spirit, says the Lord. But what I need you to do is to start. And when I tell you to start, don't prophesy your way out of a blessing by saying this little thing. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Zerubbabel just laid a foundation and I will rejoice. I will shout. I will throw a party in heaven if you just begin. Tell somebody that's a good word for you. Some of you start a good thing and God rejoices and then you prophesy, um, but it's only this. Or the devil uses. I'm not saying it's their fault, but the devil uses somebody. I said the devil uses. Not their fault. Here you are, you're like, oh boy, you know. I started walking five minutes a day and the devil sends somebody. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. What'd you just do? Oh, I just ran 10 miles. And you start comparing your five minute walk. Come on, come on, folks. Can I get a witness with that 10 mile run? And you just say, you know what? You drop the mic and drop the mic isn't a good thing. Drop the mic means forget it. You're so happy. Woo! How you doing? I lost one pound. Hallelujah. And then you're looking in the magazine. I lost 40 pounds in three weeks. And you're like, stop. Okay. No, you Tell the person next to you, stop, stop. proffer lying to yourself. <laughs> How many needed to hear this? See, just start. You're excited. Woo! I, I just registered for a college class. And then the devil sends somebody, oh, I just completed my PhD in astral. And you're like, you know what? Forget it. Mm. The Lord will put the broken pieces back together. Who got for me Ephesians chapter 2? Come on, Bonnie. My, my Bonnie, why don't you read it? For we are God's masterpiece. He, his masterpiece. His masterpiece. <laughs> we are God's masterpiece. <laughs> he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God planned for you to do works, good works. God works long ago. You know how long ago it was? Be, not, not before you were born. 
before the world was created. God had you in mind. And he, you are his masterpiece. You may be a mess now. You may even be a hot mess now. Okay. Help Jesus. <laughs> I recently, never noticed. Anyway, but, but the point is, is that you are going to be, in fact, he, he doesn't see you as going to be a masterpiece. He sees you as a masterpiece. Okay. I hate to do this again, but, uh, um, I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm gonna have to call you back. I'm gonna have to call you down here. Yeah, yeah. You and you. Wait a minute. See. No. Thank you. Can I? Can I get Peter and and uh Troy? Can I get you two? I'll hook you up, Pete. You're my man. Okay. Okay. So, how how old is how old are you, Peter? Okay, so you, you don't mind saying your age. 41. Okay, so 6 and 41. Now watch, the, in fact, I want, if you could stand here. Because this, this is important. This is important. How, how, how tall is he? How tall is he, Peter, do you know? No. <laughs> About... 47 and three quarters inches. Okay. 47. And how tall are you? 6'3". Okay. Okay. So, here's your problem. Here's our problem as human beings. Okay. What is today? Okay. May 7th, what year? 2017. Okay. Here's our problem. Okay. We think God is looking at us. May 7th, 2017, where we may be immature, where we may be a mess, but God sees our whole life. He sees us at seven, six, rather, and he sees us at 41, and he sees us at 91. He sees us all at once, and that's why he's saying you may look like a mess right now. <laughs> Not you. Okay. But you are a masterpiece. You just can't see what's going to happen 35 years from now. So God needs you to trust that you're going to be what you envision yourself being and not who you are in 2017, May 7th. Amen. I got to hook up my man, Pete. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> this is not the little old church on the corner of Washington Street on May 6th, 7th. 2017. It's the mega church. And, and, and thing is, God not only looks at this church 
10 years, 20 years from now, he looks at this church seeing the next pastor and the pastor after that and the pastor after that. So even if he doesn't fulfill his word in your lifetime, he's still going to fulfill his word. Mm. Heard a wonderful story yesterday. How the Lord led somebody to leave a place and then all hell broke loose. And then they're wondering, did I hear from the Lord? All hell broke loose. And then they called my wife yesterday and they said, got this new job. They gave me my own car. And I was like, that ain't even right, Lord. And I pondered that and I said, I said, I said to the person, you know what was interesting? I believe the Lord, you really did hear from the Lord. But you're hearing from the Lord, this is a good word for some of you. It's not about the going in, it's about the coming out. What do you mean? See, sometimes we, we, God says, okay, leave, I want you to leave this job. And in our minds, we start saying, God has a better job for me. I'm going to get an $18,000 raise. And all of a sudden, you know, you end up unemployed for about two or three years. And you're like, God, did I make the right mistake? And he says, yes, it's about you coming out. And while you're out, you just don't realize how messed up you are. So what I have to do is remember you. And (laughs) so you may go jobless for two or three years because I'm remembering you. Because um, um, I'll just look straight at the clock. Because your mouth gets you in trouble. So I'm going to take about two or three years to, 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 to get you to control your mouth. So that when I put, I'm looking at the clock, so that when I can, when I put you where I want to put you, you don't, you don't mouth yourself out of your blessing. Turn your name and say, I think he's talking about you, but I'm not sure. I think he's talking about. Mm. Brace yourself. Embrace others. Now I got five minutes and then I'm going to release the Sunday school uh, uh, choir. I want you now to take out your phone or a notebook or whatever you use. But um, this is what I want you to do. I want you to write the names of one to three people who you're going to prophesy to this week. Now, this is heavy because you know it ain't going to be that easy. And I want at least one of those people to be either on your job. Mm. Mm. A neighbor. It can't be can't be your favorite person. Oh, yes, I remember they blessed me. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about. And I, I want you 
to prophesy to them. I want you to say a word that will build them up, to restore them, to affirm them, to comfort them, to encourage them. Their tank could be empty and just your one little drop of encouragement can allow them to go on another day. The Lord, I think it was last year, led me to write a note to a former um, mayor who had helped us out probably about 20 years ago. That's how long ago. And, you know, when your season's over, you start, you may start to feel, well, you know, what use do I have now that I no longer have my position? So I wrote a card, found out where the person lived, and I said, I thank you for your years of service to the city, and I want to, again, thank you for how you helped out our church 20 years ago. Didn't hear anything, which, you know, I'm not writing to hear anything. But I bumped into the person, and I said, hey, just want to make sure I sent the card to thank you. Did you get it? And they said, did I get it? It's on my refrigerator. I imagine every time they open the refrigerator, they get prophesied to that, that my life matters. And you're going to be surprised who the, who the Lord leads you to send that to. Because some people will come to you and say, my day was like the day from hell until I got your text, your email, your whatever you send. Uh, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would really help us to brace ourselves but to brace each other. Some of us need to brace our spouses. Some of us has been a while since we have built up, restored, affirmed, comforted, and encouraged our own children. Whether they be little children or adult children. Father, I pray that you would help us that even if we started small, that we don't curse the days of small beginnings. And so we honor you, Lord, for what you're, what you're doing. And I pray, Lord, I, I pray that we hear stories, hundreds maybe of stories of people saying, I... I I encouraged a 
cashier, I encouraged a police officer, I encouraged one of my workers. I, the Lord even told me to encourage my enemy. <laughs> and I can't believe what happened. So Father, we honor you for your goodness. We honor you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Stop and broken.